Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the blessing you have for us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we are thanking God for the fact that many are called. All right? And that um, many are indeed being given the opportunity to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Turn with me to um, Genesis chapter 10. The kingdoms of this world versus the kingdom of God. In the beginning of his kingdom was in the beginning of his kingdom or let's read verse 9 he was a mighty hunter of his age Cush began Nimrod and he began to be a mighty one in the earth now he was a mighty hunter before the Lord wherefore it is said even as Nimrod the mighty hunter before the Lord and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erek, and Akkad, and Kalne in the land of Shinar. Right. Now, you start to see, I'm talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. You start to see the kingdoms of this world from the book of Genesis kingdoms of this world alright that is earthly human kingdoms you start to hear of them as far back as Genesis and the unfortunate kingdom you hear first of any kingdom in the world is the kingdom of Babel where God was angry with them and struck them and scattered them all over and confused their languages. So when Jesus came into this world preaching about his kingdom, seek ye first the kingdom of God, it was because there were many kingdoms in the world and have been many kingdoms in the world which were earthly kingdoms that people have sought. Alright? Then in Genesis chapter 20 we meet Abimelech. 
This is the man who took away Abraham's wife. All right? Now, verse 6. And can somebody read it for me if you have a, a, a microphone? Genesis chapter 20, verse 6. Read from verse 6 to verse 9. Genesis chapter 20, verse 6. And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore I suffered I thee not to touch her. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Therefore Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears and the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to have done. Amen. Amen. So here you see the next time we have a mention of a kingdom is the kingdom of no other than Abimelech who took Abraham's wife. We have the kingdom of Babel, all right, the people that God was angry with and smote their kingdom. And then now we have the kingdom of Abimelech. So you see there are many earthly kingdoms that exists and existed. And God said, Jesus came to this world preaching the kingdom of God. The Bible calls it the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom. Volume up on stage, please. Improve your sound work, please. We are struggling. All right. Then Numbers chapter 32 and verse 33. And most, uh, can you read for me, please? Numbers 32 and verse number 33. And Moses gave unto them, even unto the children of God, and unto the children of Reuben, and unto the half tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the kingdom of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land, with the cities thereof in the coasts even the cities of the country run about. So God gave them, all right, to overcome the kingdom of Sihon, the king of the Amorites. I'm trying to let you see that there are many kingdoms. Yes. When Jesus said the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, there are many, many kingdoms. And we are seeing the kingdom of Babel, the kingdom of Abimelech. Now we are seeing the kingdom of Sihon, the king of the Amorites, and also the king of Og. 
Deuteronomy chapter 3. And let's read from verse number 1. Went up the way to Bashan. We went where? We turned and went up the way to Bashan. Mm. And Og the king of Bashan came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edre. Yes, and the Lord said unto me, Fear him not, for I will deliver him and all his people and his land into thy hand. And thou shalt do unto him as thou didst unto Sihon the king of the Amorites. Which dwelt as Hezbon. Sihon, the king of the Amorites. Yes. Go on. So the Lord our God delivered unto our hands all also, the king of Bashan, mm-hmm. and all his people. And we smote him until none was left to him remaining. And we took all his cities at that time. There was not a city which we took not from them. Three score cities. All the region of Agob, the king of Og in Bashan. All these cities were. Kingdom of who? Og. Og. So, a kingdom is the domain of a king. Mm. King's domain is kingdom. That's what it means. So, the domain of a king. So, here you see them fighting to get the kingdom of Og. The king was called Og. Okay? So, you know, when you read the Bible, you can see all these kingdoms and you can see that they are kingdoms of men. And and Jesus came preaching the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Alright? Please continue reading in Deuteronomy 3 verse 5. All these cities were fenced mm. with high walls, gates, and bars, beside unwalled towns a great many. And we utterly destroyed them as we did unto Sihon, king of Hezbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the cattle and all the spoil of the cities we took for a prey to ourselves. And we took at that time out of the hand of the two kings of the Amorites the land that was on this side Jordan, from the river Anon unto Mount Hermon, mm. which Hermon the Sidonians called Sileon, and the Amorites called Shinem. All the cities of the plain and all Gilead and all Bashan unto Salka and Idria, cities of the kingdom of Og in Bashan. Cities of the kingdom of, the kingdom of who? Of Og. So when Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he's talking about a kingdom that is not in this world. Carry on, my brother. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, hmm. and four cubits the breadth of it after the cubit of a man. And this land which we possess at that time from Aroa, which is by the river Anon, and half Mount Gilead, and the cities thereof gave I unto, Reuben, unto the Reubenites and to the Gadites, and the rest of Gilead and all Bashan 
being the kingdom of old, mm. gave I unto the half-tribe of Manasseh, all the region of Agob, with all Bashan, which is called the land of giants. The land of giants. Some kingdoms are lands of giants. Mm. Verse 21. And commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. Amen. Amen. Psalm 68, verse 32. Psalm 68. Yes. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises unto the Lord. Sing to the Lord, you kingdoms of the earth. Amen. Sing to the Lord, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Psalm 79 and verse 6. Psalm 79 and verse Psalm 79 and verse 6. Psalm 79 and verse number 6. Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. Amen. So you see that God is saying, pour out on kingdoms that have not called thy name. Okay? of which we have a lot today in the world. So all the kingdoms of this world are going to experience that wrath and that anger of God because most of the kingdoms have not called on the Lord. Is that not so? All right. Now, you may be seated. Now, the kingdom of God, all right, is found in Psalm 145, and verse 11. Again, the reader should stand. Psalm 145 and verse number 11. Psalm, what if, Psalm 145 and verse number 11. Yes. Or even read from verse 10. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, Lord, and thy sins shall bless thee. Mm. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Wow. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. So there's going to come a people, amen, who are going to speak of the glory of God's kingdom and going to speak about his power. Sign about Jesus Christ. All right. Continue reading, please. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts mm. and the glorious majesty of his the kingdom. The glorious majesty of God's kingdom. Mm. You see, so when you, when, as you've come here, we are not here to talk about uh, earthly things, how to make your first million dollars. Mm. You know, some churches are preaching on how to make your first million. No, we are not here to talk about how to make your first million. 
We are here to talk about the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Amen. And if you don't want to hear about the glorious majesty of his kingdom, you should pack your bags as soon as we close this section for breakfast and then go home to where you came from. Because here we are about the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Amen. Continue, please. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Mm. And thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Not about some temporary arrangement. Australia did not exist some years ago. There was no, there was no, there was, it was a dumping ground for, for, for prisoners. Is it not true? Yeah. Stop pretending as if we don't know. We know how Australia was formed. It did not exist. It did not exist. It was too far, you know, it's a safe place to take bad people to. So, you, 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 let this, and you see, Kingdoms keep on being arranged. That is why if you Google how many countries are there in the world, it has different answers. Because there are so many places that are countries that change into other countries. And they call them territories, states, and city-states, and so on. Because you can't define it. The next moment you see another country has become north this and south this. Another one has been divided into two. Another one has get independent. So the countries of the world, you get it, are not even a stable group that you can define because it keeps changing all the time. The kingdoms of this world. Are you still around? Yeah. Now, Isaiah chapter 9. And we are going to read from verse 6. It's a verse you all know. For unto us a child is born. Mm. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Beautiful. And and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. Wow. The Everlasting Father. Wow. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Carry on. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, Mm. to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Hallelujah. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. To order it and to establish it. Read verse 6 again. For unto us a child is born. Mm. Unto us a son is given. Yes. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. No end. 
upon the throne. Can you of say the... that for every nation? No. Not at all. Of the increase of their government, there is an end. It is when you don't know history that you don't know about the great kingdoms that there were, that existed before. There, were, there was a Persian kingdom which extended you know, very far. Then there was the Greek kingdom, Alexander the Great. He took more territory from Greece. You know where Greece is? Greece is somewhere in Europe. Western Europe. And he went all the way to Constantinople, that is Turkey, and all the way to Asia. He took large territories up to India. Then after that were the the Roman kingdom. You see, the Bible says, of your kingdom, the increase of your kingdom, there shall be no end. But all this, Alexander the Great, he died, he was 30 five years old or so, and he died. And his kingdom was divided into four by his four generals. So the increase of his kingdom came to an end. Alright? Then we have the, the Roman kingdom. The Roman kingdom was vast. So you have one emperor sitting in Rome. It became so great that they, they made a capital city. That was Constantinople. Which is current Istanbul. And they had even at a point two Roman emperors, one for the eastern side and one for the western side. It was so fast, it covered the whole world that was known, the Roman Empire. But of the increase of this kingdom, there is an end. And if you if you care to watch or read, you see that the fall of the Roman Empire, even when Rome was taken. The Roman Empire continued because Constantinople was another headquarters. So it continued to last for some time, but it came to an end. Do you see? Then we have the British Empire. The British Empire extended as far as um, here, Australia. Everywhere we speak English was the British Empire. Very, very large. Recently, I had a crusade in some parts of Ghana. I've never been to those places before. And I saw the railway lines and intersections like you have in King's Cross Station in London. Yeah. Interchange of railways that they built, the British built, 947-kilometer railway in Ghana when they were in Ghana. Because Ghana is one of the richest countries in the whole world. When, when Ghana, Ghana was called the Gold Coast, and it's true, it's a country that is covered with gold from the sea to the north. It's covered in yellow gold and black gold. Yes. We have oil across, even in the north, that they found. And gold everywhere. Everybody in Ghana is digging for gold. They dig, you just wake up and start digging around your house, around the river, around everywhere. No, I'm serious. They just dig and it's one of the, the places you, you can have, you have gold everywhere. You know, and it's still full of, Ghana is the largest producer of gold in Africa. Yeah. 
Brazil, one of the poorest countries in the world. The British Empire included Ghana. It included Australia. It included South Africa. It included the whole of India. It included Canada. It included America. It included Nigeria. It included Hong Kong. It included Fiji. Name it. Sierra Leone. Everywhere was the kingdom of the British Empire. King George. And that's why today, shh, that's why today we have places named Victoria Falls. Do you see? Yes. Victoria Falls. And there are cities named King Williamstown, Georgetown, and so on. They just named it after their king on whose behalf they were conquering. Yeah. And the Bible is saying that of, of the king, increase of his kingdom, in peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom. Now, so here comes Jesus in Matthew chapter 3. Let's read from verse 1. And in those days, okay, yes. In those days came John the Baptist. Mm preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Yes. And say, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven. A new kingdom. Not the Roman Empire. But a new kingdom is about to come. Hallelujah. Amen. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 23. And they even, and Jesus. Oh, 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 let's, let's read from verse 17, from verse 17. From that time, mm-hmm. Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow. Kingdom of Babel, kingdom of Abimelech, kingdom of Og, kingdom of Sion, the Amorite, Roman Empire, this kingdom. Then from that time, Jesus began to do what? Preach and say, repent, a new kingdom is here. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishes. And he saith unto them, Mm -hmm. Follow me, go on. Follow me, and I will make you fishes of men. Yes. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee. All Galilee. Teaching in their synagogues. Wow. And preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Wow. And healing all manner of sickness 
and all manner of disease among the people. Amen. Amen. All right. So now Jesus is here to give us a new vision for our lives. Amen. Amen. And this new vision is a vision of the kingdom. If anybody is outside, they should come in. No one should stay outside if they are here. Is there anybody there? Okay. Now, Jesus comes preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In other words, the good news that Jesus came to preach, okay, is the good news of God's kingdom. Okay, so it has nothing to do with building anything on this earth. Politics, money, business, education, and all these things. They are all creations of men, but Jesus has come to lift up our eyes to have some other vision. You get it? Yes, to have some other vision for our lives. Now, as soon as Jesus does that, all right, here comes the devil in Matthew chapter 4, verse 8. Again, the The devil, okay, read it. Taketh him up into a high mountain and Uh showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, Hmm. all these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Wow. Wow. So now Jesus has come preaching and with the kingdom of God. Then the devil, knowing that the dangerous thing for a person to live for, for him, is the kingdom of God. So then what does he do? He takes him into a high mountain and shows him the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And you can see that everybody here has experienced this temptation before. True or not true? You've all been shown the kingdom of Australia and the glory of the kingdom of Australia. Yes. Yes. And the glory of them. I have a lot of lay pastors who are frozen in America. They cannot move, but they've been shown the glory of the kingdom of America. The kingdom of America and the glory of it. Sierra Leoneans who have been shown the kingdom of Australia and the glory of Australia. It's the beginning of all temptations is to be shown a kingdom of this world and the glory of it. And that is the end of ministry. That's the end of ministry. 
that would have been the end of Jesus. No more. You've been shown the glory of this beautiful place. Especially Africans. See, if, you, if you show them, it's the easiest temptation for Africans. When they come around, they see the glory. So, whoa! We are here for life. <laughs> yes. That would have been that that would have been the end of Jesus and the end of our salvation. If Jesus was so low in his mind. He just what did he what did he say? Verse verse nine. All these things will I give thee uh-huh. if thou fall down and worship me. Wow. And what did Jesus answer? What did he say? Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Serve. You shall serve the Lord, and he will bless you. You shall serve, he shall bless. So you see, the temptation is about who you serve. Yes, and what you serve. That's why you notice I'm always trying to persuade people to serve God. And the devil is always trying to persuade people not to serve God. And they don't want to admit that they are being tempted not to serve God. Always denying the reality that they are they have fallen for this first temptation. The temptation of the, the kingdoms of this world and the glory of these kingdoms. And it's true. I mean, I live in Africa. And I don't just live in Africa, but I have traveled preaching in many towns, mostly by road. So I know the real situations there. Because you see, in Africa, the cities, the capitals are a bit Europeanized or Americanized. So when you are in, 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 in many cities in Africa, you can have a semblance of the glory of some of the Western world. It's like that now. Many things, little things that you have, you have there. Yeah, shopping centers, malls, and everything that is sold there is from here. From wherever we have internet, we have phones, we have television, satellites, we have iPads, air conditions, <laughs> we have cars, the same cars, because we don't make any cars. So, you, when you live in all the capital cities Lusaka, Lome, Abidjan, Accra, Lagos, uh, Dakar. Uh, Freetown, you, you can have some kind of similarity, you know, so you, you think it's Africa, Africa is whatever, but if you go in, you see that it's very different and if you look at America, England Europe there is glory in their kingdom, that's why the devil showed the kingdoms and the glory 
It is beautiful. It's orderly. Australia is nice. There are nice things here. You see, and so the devil shows it and dangles it before your eyes. And because of that, people do not do the ministry and have all kinds of oblique responses to the will of God and to the word of God. Yes. So God sent me to encourage people to serve him and to serve his kingdom. Yes. So you notice that I'm always trying to urge you choose his kingdom, serve his kingdom, build his kingdom. Don't don't be deceived by the glory of this world. Yes. That's a strong message that you keep on hearing. And you must believe it. Don't wait till your life is over. I always tell this story because I heard um, Pastor Derek Prince saying this story. He said he was visiting a pastor and his wife in, a, uh, in their home. And um, I think he was preaching there. I, don't, I think he was staying there. And the pastor told them about their daughter. The pastor had a daughter. And they, the daughter came along and said, I, Daddy and Mommy, I, I, I want to be myself. I've been a pastor's child for all these years. And I feel that I am being shielded from something that there is, that I want to experience. I want to be happy. I want to have a life. I don't want, I'll be every day to go to church. It's not normal. I, I don't want that. I want to be free. I want to go out. I want to experience life. I want to be happy. And the father and mother were sitting down in the, in the sitting room and uh, they were amazed and terrified. And the father, the pastor told the, Derek Prince, you, you know Derek Prince, a famous man of God, that, you know, in wisdom I just kept quiet, said okay. And he said that very night when she went to sleep, she had a dream. In the dream, she was standing at a sort of intersection. And on the left was a very beautiful city with beautiful lights. And I always notice lights, you know, when I go to places. One of the things you can notice about cities are the presence of lights. If you come to Africa, you notice the absence of lights. Yes. Now this city had beautiful flashing neon lights and everything. It was very, very attractive. Then on this side was another city. But there were lights there, but it was sort of dim lights and all that. And then suddenly, as she was standing there, this pastor's daughter, a handsome young man appeared right by her. And the handsome man said, Hello, your face is familiar. It seems I know you somewhere. And she looked at him. He said, are you trying to go to that city? And she said, yes. He said, oh, I know the way. I'll show you. I'll take you. I'll be there. I'll take you there. Let's go, baby. So <laughs> he went with her. 
and they went towards the city and soon they got to the city when they got to the city he was just chatting with her and then they went into the city it was just as she saw from afar beautiful lights everything so they kept walking deeper and deeper into the city and as they got to the center of the city the lights of the city started to go out black 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 the lights were going out and she was wondering what's happening and then she looked at the young man who had brought her there and she noticed that he had also started to change so he was changing his features changed so from a young handsome man who was rapping and saying hi baby I miss you baby and all that he was changing and the lights were also going off until all the lights went off and she looked at the man who brought her and he had changed completely into the devil himself yes and there she was in the middle of this huge city lights had gone off and she was standing with the devil his features had changed completely she was terrified what am I going to do suddenly she woke up the prince said the next morning, she came to see her parents and said, Daddy, Mommy, I've changed my mind. I'm staying in the church. I'm going to stay in church. I, I, I'm happy in the church and I'm happy to be a pastor's daughter. Hallelujah! This temptation, the temptation of the attraction of the kingdoms of this world, is the temptation that comes to most of us. And this is what kills ministry and kingdom mindedness. Yes. Because we are being drawn to the world to, to seek what the world has. And that's why God, when Jesus came, the first thing he, he went was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he said, seek ye first, not second, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that are in the world shall be added unto you. Amen. So, it is your duty to not be tempted and be destroyed by the glory of the kingdoms of this world which is real you can't go from country to country without noticing the differences you, 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 you see the glory go to Dubai you see the glory of Dubai yes go to Abu Dhabi you see the glory of the kingdoms go to Qatar you see the glory don't go anywhere. You see the beauty, the glory, the lifts, the lights, the, the machines, the escalators, the buildings, the skyscrapers. You can't help not noticing these things. It's, it's beautiful. And this is the alternative to ministry, real ministry. So, today, um, you have Jesus coming and saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who came and gave five talents 
to one. Two talents to one. One talent to somebody and said, okay, occupy, do business, work, do my will, my kingdom, not your kingdom, not your idea, but my kingdom, what is of interest to me, my interest, to serve my interests. That is God's will for all of us. And if we believe him, especially when you are young, you will see that most of the things in the Bible can come true. You know, those of you who are younger, you must respect the older. Very important. But what you must realize is that some of the things you, 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 you see are not fulfilled in your parents' lives. It's not that they don't believe. They believe, but sometimes the time at which they believe, they, they, they were already committed. You know, like, you know, sometimes if you are watching football, you see sometimes there's somebody's attacking and the goalkeeper runs out. And that means that the goalkeeper is already committed. Like where he is, he has to win there because he can't go back now. So if they go behind him, he's already committed. You get what I'm saying? So he's already gone out there. Yes. And you need to win. You need to, to, to stop the thing there. Otherwise, it's going to be a, a disaster. <laughs> so I've heard the, the, the commentator shouting, the goalkeeper is already committed. He is already committed. He can't go back. So many of the older people are already committed. They can't go back. They can't go. You see? And so that's why so that we never see certain promises fulfilled. But when you are young and you hear the word of God, let's take, let's take marriage and having, let's say, uh, excuse me to use the word, happy family. Okay? This happy family, when you start your life in a certain way, the happy family becomes more difficult. If you start from scratch, it's possible, more possible to have a so-called happy family as you can see in the Bible. Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, happy, peaceful, and living together quietly. Do you see? It's possible when you start early, but many times by the time we even get married, People are already complex. Sometimes it is the response to one bad experience that is being lived out on the next person who is coming. And so you have all kinds of diseases of the soul and of the heart. You see, and so you are marrying somebody who is already affected so much, traumatized by his or her past experiences. And that makes people abnormal and not as nice as they would have been. Are you with me? Yeah. Very, very complicated and complex. So that's why, that's why you find that God calling people when they are in their mother's wombs. Yes. Most, most calls are for young people. Most callings are from the time you are a child. It's when you see the world. You know, how old was Jesus when he was called to... to, 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 to to follow the fathers. How old was John the Baptist? How old were the apostles? Nobody was. You don't find an elderly person with pot bellies being called anywhere in the Bible. You get what I'm saying? There's no pot belly in the kingdom. It's just flat stomachs. 
And when I talk about pot bellies, I'm not only talking about men. Women have pot bellies as well. Very, very well disguised. Very well disguised. Fact, you may find more pot bellies with the ladies than the boys. Yeah. So, Jesus is calling us as a people to seek his kingdom first. All right, and so he is giving us one talent, two talents, five talents to do something in his kingdom. Something. And apparently, we don't need much to do something for God and for God's kingdom. If it's his kingdom, you don't really need much. You just need to think correctly and believe when God speaks to you. Amen. Stand to your feet. Uh, Hallelujah. Lift your hand and dedicate yourself to the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God and his righteousness. Father, we are so grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Luke 5 verse 19. We are on the kingdom of God. Now, verse 19. Therefore, whosoever shall break one of the least commandments and shall teach men also he shall be called the least in the kingdom. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So the kingdom of heaven has doable commandments. Doable commandments. Doable and teachable. Things that can be taught and things that can be done. If you are not doing it, it's you who is not doing it. And that's why Jesus says, whosoever shall do and teach, 
the same shall be great. How many want to be great in the kingdom? So then you must become a doer of God's instructions to you. A doer. Not somebody with oblique thinking who changes instructions and comes up with all sorts of long discussions. Once there's a long discussion with you, there's something wrong with you. Yes. God's word is doable. God's instruction is doable. It's a rule book with doable instructions, not things that cannot be done. They can be taught and done. Our church is full of people who teach things that they don't do. It's true. We teach things that we don't do. (laughs) And that's different from teaching something that you do. There's no power when you don't do. When you do that, you see, that's why the church, we all preach the same thing. But you have, it has a different effect. Because you are teaching something you don't do. And something you've never done. Yeah. So as for me, I'm telling you, I'm here to encourage you to do the doable instructions that are coming from God. And to build the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of this world. If you buy a house in Australia, by the time you die, all that you've done is to invest in the kingdom of Australia and build the mansions, another mansion. Let's say even you, here you even say you're buying a house that is there, but let's say you were building from scratch. You've just built that city. Basically, that's all you've done. Yes. And you, when you leave the world, you lie down in your coffin, they cover up. There's this house that you built, which eventually will pass on to somebody and somebody and someone. We don't even know who, who built it. It's true. Or when you go on the high street, all those buildings you see, the high buildings, they all belong to people. Though. There are people who came, settlers who came, people who had families, and sometimes they own so much and they can't even pass on the properties. Look, if you go to London, you drive by, each, each building is about five stories. And you go streets and streets and streets and streets. It's rows and rows and rows of streets. What do the buildings belong to? Yes and yes. You can't even trace who own it. (laughs) Basically, you've contributed to build the cities of this world. And Jesus is inviting you to build his kingdom. Not the cities of this world. And the devil is the one showing you, look, 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 look. Look here. Give yourself. And he leads you on a long journey. Very difficult and painful journey. To build and develop the kingdoms of this world. And be attracted and attached to the kingdoms of this world. To be your greatest regret. For following it. Verse 20. For I say unto you. That except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. You shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you are religious for a long time, you become like a scribe or the Pharisee. Yes. 
and your righteousness is made up of things you have done and not done especially things you've not done i don't fornicate i don't lie i pay tithes i don't drink i don't steal i don't have two wives i don't have alcohol in my house i don't do this you see this type of righteousness is something called the righteousness of the scribes and the pharisees unless you go further than that you are not going to do well in god because all those things you think you are good about there is a reason why you are that way you are not a prostitute some of you because you were not very pretty when you were young some of you that's the truth you were not very pretty Yes. Nobody really liked you. Nobody approached you. We have two types of beautiful people. We have those whose beauty strikes you as soon as you see them. And you have those whose beauty is hidden. And whose beauty is discovered as you go along. Yes. So those whose beauty is very obvious. You get it? When you see them, they suffer from having many boyfriends. Do you see? It's a suffering. They have a lot of boyfriends lot of experience. Do you think anybody gives birth to his daughter and says, oh, what a new, nice prostitute, my daughter. I'm, I'm wondering, I wonder, I hope she will be a prostitute in Sydney rather than in Melbourne. Do you think anybody gives birth to his daughter with that in mind? No. Nobody has that hope. But every prostitute has a mother. Every prostitute has a father. Every prostitute has a home that she came from. Yes. Some of you, the sins, some of the things you don't do, you were not exposed to them. That's why you didn't. Yes. You may not have homosexual uh, feelings. Because you have not been exposed to it before. But if you have had those things, you may you be surprised how you how you are. It's easy to just dis, dis, say, Oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. But a lot of things the Pharisees of the, uh, the scribes and the Pharisees is based on what we do and what we don't do. And that's why Jesus described it. He said, I, I fast three times a week. I pay tithes. I pray. I do this. This is how Pharisees are. And you find that that type of righteousness, is not, it doesn't go far God because God knows more than we know. It's easy to say I am a virgin. Why are you a virgin? You are a virgin not because you've resisted anyone. Nobody has ever looked in your direction before. 
Yes. That's why you are a virgin. If even one boy had said to you, I love you. Or one person had said to you, I want to be with you, baby. That would have been the end of you. Some of you One day I was having a camp and I asked all those girls who would marry Prince William if he was to propose to them. I had so many of the girls coming forward that they would marry. I don't know whether they thought it was an altar call for salvation or what. guy is born again whether he is a Christian whether he's interested in the ministry, you know whether Prince William is interested, you are at a camp and so many girls are sort of, if he was to propose the truth I would say yes to be the prince's wife do you know whether you can cook what he likes do you know what he wants so I would just accept it do you know whether your family will accept it no I don't care about my family I would say yes. So you see, you are on the straight and narrow path because nothing has ever pushed you off before. Yes. You have people who are pastors in Ghana and Nigeria. Many of them, they are pastors in Ghana and Nigeria because they cannot get visas to travel. Yes. Let me refuse business. But it's not that they, they, they love the masses and the souls. But they, they, they can't get visas to so many places. So it's like, oh Lord, oh Lord, as for me, I give myself to your harvest. No. It is because they can't get visas. So, except you exceed the righteousness of Pharisees and scribes, you will never be far in the kingdom. And how do you exceed the righteousness of, I don't do this, I don't do this, I've not done this before, I do this, I don't do this, I do this, I don't do this. The whole church is full of such people. That's why people take such pride in their marriages. So my wife and I, you know, uh, you know, we were talking the other day and, you know, I was at the swimming pool with my wife and my children and, you know, they said, hey! <laughs> they love to talk about an ideal picture. Something that is like so wonderful in a book. Yes, they love to talk about it. Everybody will be sitting down wondering, wow! When am I going to be with my wife and I? We were by the swimming pool and, you know, we were having a good time and I was eating a hot dog and I was, I was having my wife was eating some chips and our, our children were enjoying by the poolside. 
Yes. Why? It's because we want to give a picture of something. Yes. Oh, look at us. Look at where we are. Look at what we are doing. We are happy. That's the A1 picture we want to give. So it's so important to us to show the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes and look very dignified and look very righteous in everything. But what God is telling us is that we must go further than that picture. Yes, we must go further than that picture. Because there's, there's the next step further is obedience to what he says. What, what, what can you say about Jesus' marriage? Nothing. There's no marriage. What can you say about Jesus' fasting apart from the fasting at the beginning? What can you say about Jesus' personal life? Not so much. But what we can say about Jesus is that he obeyed. He became obedient even to the obedience of the cross. Yes. That is true righteousness. It's further, much further than these little rules that you have. Yes. These little, little rules I do this, I don't do this, I do this, I don't do this. One day I was in Nigeria and I was sitting by a chief. His throne was higher, I was down because I was sitting by his throne and he was up like this. Yeah. And uh, the main thing about him was his many wives. Yes. His many wives who were serving us. So I said to him, How can you say you are a Christian? And justify having all these wives. Nobody had asked him directly like that because I was sitting, but I was his guest. He was hosting me in a ceremony. And his answer was with such ease. Because he had he had eight or sixteen, about I think he had eight, but apart from that, he had about he had another about 20 other wives of his the chief before. He had inherited all the, his wives. And I, shh, listen, listen. And I asked him, how can you justify that? He said, oh, that's very easy. He said, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, all the people we follow, they all had many wives. 
So I I I, I followed the, the, the Bible. He said the Bible justifies what I'm I'm a Christian, I follow the Bible. And he was right. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Very, very biblical. Yes. Very, very biblical. Hebrews 6 12. Be ye followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. In Tanzania, in Tanzania, the, the, the president I hear has asked everybody to marry more than one wife. Because they have 10 million women who don't have husbands. 10 million more women than men in the country. Yes. 10 million more. Sit down, you little righteous Pharisees. You are righteous Pharisees. You are very righteous Pharisees with your own ideas. Yes. That's true. With your own little idea and picture of what is nice and what is good. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father. The doing and the obeying of the will of God is your master key to entering the kingdom and not the righteousness of Pharisees and scribes. I hope I'm getting through to you. It's not your list of things that are good and list in your world because it is in your world that marrying one person is what is right or good. It's in your little world. In the Bible, Onan, who married his brother's wife, in addition to his wife, was killed for not having sex properly with his new wife. The Bible says God slaughtered him. I'm, I'm reading the Bible. It's your little world. With your little ideas. Yes. Jesus was asked, if someone dies, he's married and he dies, and the, who, this one marries the wife, and the second one marries, and the third, until seven men have had her. Seven men. Whose wife is she? Jesus didn't say that it's not right. Rather, it's like it's expected that you look after the widow. It's expected. It's your little world of your little rules. And if you become a widow, you will be so happy if somebody takes you up to look after you. You see the hypocrisy that exists in our lives. So all these little rules, you are this, you are that, you are that, is all because of your little world and your few experiences that you had. There are places where nobody can even even be a virgin. They can't even be. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like virginity. From 11, you start. If you don't know how to know anything, you just start, you are baptized into, it's like handshakes. You have sex with anybody and everybody. Yeah. You are talking about a little righteousness that you have based on a little few things you have never done or you don't do. 
And Jesus is talking about entering the kingdom by doing the will of the Father. What God says to you, do, you do it. That is it. You know, when you travel a lot, you see different societies. You see that, you know, you, you, you grow up in different worlds. There are some of you here, you don't look at pornography. It, it doesn't even occur to you. It's not because you are sexually strong. It's because there was no internet when you were growing up. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. There was nothing like that. You didn't grow up with it. No computer, no iPad, no phone. You, you didn't know how to use it, your phone to watch such things. Listen, please, you see, I told you when, yesterday that human beings, it's like, it says God is not a man that he should not lie. It's like the characteristic of man is lying and deception. We are self-deceived and we deceive. Everything is not true. All our righteousness is not real. All Bible says all our righteousness is like filthy rags. That is what it is. It's all this standard I did this. This standard I said is okay. This standard I, I see is okay like this. But, you know, sometimes when, when these type of very right uh, Pharisees marry, sometimes they are so shocked at what they experience. They are so surprised at their quarrels. You know, one brother, I asked him, what, what did your father tell you, give you any advice about marriage? He said, yes, only one. He said, never marry a virgin. That's your only advice. Marry a well-used car. with a new car. It's true. He must have had a terrible experience. Otherwise, why would he be giving such advice? It's not based on the Bible. He must have had some experience that was painful to him. Yes. So it shows that being, you can be a virgin by a very nasty person. Yes. You can be a virgin by a very nasty person. Nobody would like to be near you. Nobody would like to be with you. Are you listening to me? So, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of Pharisees. Far to see and Sadducees. Sad to see. You cannot enter. But Matthew 7 verse 21 says that not everyone that says Lord, Lord shall enter. But doing, doing, doers, doable instructions, people who do things that God says do this, they are the ones that are going to enter. So as you are here, it's not about telling me, oh, I don't smoke, and so what? And so, you don't smoke, and so what? How is it helping us that you don't smoke? 
you don't smoke and so what? Nobody should say that I'm promoting smoking, but I'm asking you what you're, you're not smoking, how is it helping us? I am sure Jesus would prefer someone who is smoking and preaching his word. Hey, you know, you've got to give your life to Jesus, right? Than somebody who is not smoking and keeping quiet and not doing the work of God. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.